right, guys, welcome to the New Rich Podcast. You know, I'm always ultra excited to be here. And today I'm even more excited because I have my mentor, my friend, my brother, Dio Pori. And not only is he all of that to me, but he's also just a genius in business and marketing. Right now, he is actually the chief strategy officer for an up and coming platform that is about to just take over the, the social media world. It's going to take over the internet. It's amazing. So I'm super excited. I don't know. Can we disclose this, Dio? Are we allowed to say the I, name I, yet? I think it's too late now, it, man. Uh, you just did. Okay. Well, I didn't say the official name of oh, the, of the platform. That. I didn't say I'll the... tell you what, for your listeners, uh, it's called Fate Social. So you can check out fatesocial.com. Uh, this is predicted to be a next unicorn. Uh, we have the lawyers behind who, uh, who took Google public and the lawyers who took Tesla public are the lawyers behind our company and uh, we're super excited for what's happening and I'm looking forward to some really nice things. Nice. Do you see the type of people that I have in the room for you guys? It's not just anybody, man. We have some awesome, really just talented, very strategic people in the room and that's what I want to deliver, right, with this new Rich podcast. So we're going to jump right in, Dial. If you don't mind, man, tell the people just, you know, your, your elevator pitch, man, your two sentences, three sentences, who are you? What, are you, what do you do? Yeah, for sure. Well, first of all, man, thank you for having me. I'm so absolutely proud of you. I mean, look, man. Thank you, you thank you. you. This podcast on demand. <laughs> if your audience could see your setup, they would be inspired alone, man, because the way you make this happen is absolutely incredible. But uh, once again, man, so happy to be here and proud to see what you're doing. Uh, a bit about me, I, I you know, I, I'm not the best at... Talking about myself. Come on, brag a little bit, man. Come on, talk a little bit. Give us the give us the two sentences, man. Listen, I would say the the quick elevator pitch, man, is uh, you know, I've had my fair shares of ups and downs. I've had some fantastic successes. I've had some uh, tremendous failures, and I just thank God that I'm here. Uh, I've built multi million dollar businesses. I've, you know, I'm an Ivy League MBA. Um, you know, I'm a family man, uh, and above all, I'm a man after God's heart. And so, uh, I, I think, uh, I think, I think as we go on with this particular conversation, maybe some of this will get revealed. But you guys know, again, I just can't. I'm just not the best guy speaking about myself, but hopefully we can dive into this. Nice. No worries, man. Let's get into it. So with New Rich, New Rich, a lot about New Rich's mindset, right? right? And what I like to tap my viewers into is the people that are in the room with me. What is their mindset, right? So I'm very strategic of who I put into the room just because I know that you guys have depth, you yeah. guys have experience, yeah. you have a lot of things that my audience could relate to. And what I want them to understand is that mindset. So what mindset do you feel that you had to carry throughout your career to get to every new level, you know, and what mindset, like what, you know, what space are you in to when you're creating these new adventures and, you know, you're going through these, these challenges, like what yeah, mindset yeah. do you keep yourself in? That's such a tremendous question. First of all, I think that mindset alone is probably one of the strongest variables as to how somebody can actually achieve the success that they're wanting to achieve. Like if you don't have the right mindset, if you're not thinking and approaching it the right way, uh, chances are that you're gonna fall short. And when you fall short, if your mindset is not right, you're gonna quit right there. And to answer your question, I think that's gonna be the thing for me. Um, I've learned to fail forward. Mm, that's good, that's good. I I've learned to not be afraid of failing. I, I see a lot of my peers, a lot of friends, a lot of colleagues, a lot of professional, you know, colleagues of mine who 
they never get started because they are afraid of the unknown, right? And anything that's great, anything that's been tremendously built has never been built with full understanding of what it is. There's always going to be different things that take place. It's always going to be something that's going to happen that was not part of the plan. And so when those moments in life hit you, do you continue going? Do you have the mindset that now you naturally begin to believe, oh man, the reason why this is happening and the reason why it's so difficult is because it's just not meant for me to get this done. In fact, if I can be very vulnerable, the reality is that I come from a very humble, humble beginning. Uh, my family did not have much money at all, right? We went through a season where we basically filed bankruptcy. We've lost everything we've had. I've personally been homeless before, living out of my car. And so in this timing, in these seasons, in these shifts that happen in life, uh, this mindset of, look, man, you have to continue to push forward. You can't allow this to, to block you, to stop you, has been absolutely pivotal uh, to what I believe I've been able to achieve. Nice. And, and it's funny that you bring that story up because I really wanted to dive into that. Right. So you're in this place, you know, you got homeless. Right. Let, yeah, let's let's yeah. let let let's sit down okay. and kind of like break this down. Right. Because I think so many times we focus on the glory. Right. We focus on the success. but We don't take a step back and focus on the trials and tribulations. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So how did you get to the point where one, you're homeless? Um, let's talk about that. And two, that mindset, because I know after that period, you, you went on to build, you know, and have great successes. Yes, but yeah. where, how did you get to that point and how did you get yourself out of that point? Sure. Can we touch sure. on that? Yeah, man, that's a great question. So, so uh, I'm Dominican. All right. And I'm six foot four. Okay. And I was I was a left-handed pitcher. Mm, ready for the league. <laughs> <laughs> so you figure you put those elements together and you think, oh, this guy's going to play professional baseball. And that was the, the trajectory that I was on. And I was playing baseball for the University of South Florida. I was one of the pitchers there. And everything was riding beautifully. And I thought this was going to be how I retired my family, how I retired my parents, uh, was me making it big in baseball. And it didn't quite happen that way. I ended up getting injured. I lost the spot on the team because it wasn't a recoverable injury. And it was devastating to me emotionally, spiritually, you know, um, mentally, it was devastating, man. And I was, uh, I found myself in a, in a place that was dark. I was depressed, you know, contemplated just about every negative thought, right, that someone can contemplate uh, when, when things are dark and there's no hope. And that's, that was me. And I was there for a period of time. And that's how I found myself homeless because I kept making the wrong decisions. Okay. Right. I kept making the wrong decisions. I, I didn't value who I was. I figured, that baseball was my identity, that that was who defined me. Everybody knew me because of that. That's my good. friends, my family, they knew me as, yeah, Dio, he's going to be a professional baseball player. And when that was ripped out of my chest and no longer was my identity a baseball player, then who am I? That's good. That's good. And I was lost trying to figure out and wrestle with, man, I just lost the very thing I've been focusing on for the last 20 years of my life has been ripped away. And then what do I do now? And again, there's people who shift from one job to another, or they go into a relationship and they feel this person is the one whom they're going to be with for the rest of their lives. And that shifts and changes. What you see is a lot of people get lost in that season where there's no 
identity. And that's what caused me to get into this uh, uh, spiral, if you would, into the place to where I was homeless. And then you asked how I came back from that, man. Because um, yeah, that's tough. Like, you know, you, like you said, like you, you, you gave a very great description. Like you, you're not yet your lowest point. Like, how do you pick yourself up? Like, where did you find that energy at? Absolutely. And for one, uh, there's no question that it happened above all through God's grace. Mm-hmm. There is no question. I know my mother and father were always praying for me. Um, I perhaps wasn't praying for myself, but I had people praying. And I truly believe that his grace was extended to me in that season. And I remember when I was literally on the park benches at the actual baseball field that I used to play in at USF. Mm. And I was crying my ears out and my eyes out and and just sitting there in a moment of, again, darkness. And something just hit me, says, you have to turn this around. This is not not how your story ends. Mm, That's good. There's more to this book. There's, there's an, I need to turn the page and, and, and start a new chapter. And so what I did at that time, the very next morning, is uh, my usual routine. I would go and, and shower in a public sink. Mm. I, would, I would try to hide from people and be, you know, I was ashamed, of course. And I would make sure there was no one around. I would sneak into one of the bathrooms on campus when there was no one around. And I would literally give myself a bath out of the sink. Wow. And I did my regular routine, but this time I did it with a smile on my face. Wow, wow. That mindset thing that you're talking about. You see, so long as I was thinking this was the end of me and my mind was convincing me because we're very good storytellers. Mm. We tell ourselves good stories. <laughs> That's so true. We'll, we'll create a narrative and begin to believe that thing. And I'm going to take a quick segue here and say that we're wired to survive. Our minds are wired to survive. That's good. Our great, great, great ancestors were wired to survive. They were in a jungle, out there in a safari or what have you, trying to hunt down lions to bring food back to the family. And so while they're there hunting, they might hear something in the bushes. And essentially what happens at that moment is that they may have heard the ruffling in the leaves. And in their mind, they're probably picturing this massively vicious lion that's about to jump out and attack them. Their mind begins to tell them the story of how bad the situation is when in reality it was a a leaf that fell from a tree above. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So true, so true. But but you're in the moment, and so your mind is wired to survive. So it's going to create the worst story that it can create because it knows that that's how you respond. We respond to fear, right? Flight or fight. And so... Our mind will create this narrative so that we can either fight or flight in that moment. And so previously, as I was telling myself this narrative that it was the end of me, my mind was feeding me the visualizations. Mm, mm, That's good. That's good. And convincing me yet even more. It was feeding me what I was asking it to feed me. That's so true. But the minute I pivoted, I'm like, you know what? I got to change this. My, my story doesn't end this way. I can flip the page and my life will get better. I, can, I, I have control over this. That's when things began to really shift for me. And so that following morning, I was still in the same situation. <laughs> I was still in the same, you know, a sink. I didn't have money, but my attitude changed. My mindset changed. And what it found me doing then was it drove me to the nearest Barnes & Noble. And wow. I went to Barnes & Noble. And I couldn't afford to buy a book. But what I could do is I can sit down and read books on self-improvement. 
Read books on management. Read books on business. Read books on purpose. And I literally did that every single day. The weekends came around and I was not hanging out anywhere. I didn't have any money anyway. <laughs> yeah. But we would find things to do. It was easy for me to go with my friends and start playing video games. But instead, my mindset shifted. And so now I found myself in Barnes and Nobles in the self-improvement section, in the empowerment section, in the Christian section, mm. reading books that were going to feed my spirit and feed my mind to allow me to transition. And that was a massively pivotal moment when I was cognizant of the fact that I do have control of my own life. I do have control of my destiny. And it's all about the decisions that I make. I'm either going to play now and pay later, mm, or I'm going to pay the price it. right now and be able to play later. Nice, nice. Man, wow, wow. That was awesome. And I think that was phenomenal for our listeners, right? Because we talk so much as a podcast mostly about mindset. And I think that was so important, just, you know, descripting that and, and narrating through that to that stage. So, all right. Now we're reading these books, you know, you're going through college. Now we're pivoting, right? So let's let's fast forward a little bit faster. I know you personally, you've built several multi-million dollar yeah. businesses. What was your first business that you set out to do that was like your own, like your own big business? What would you say that first one was? Yeah, man. First of all, I always give God all the credit for everything I've achieved in my life, man. Uh, so the first business that I established was a company called Aquilinity. Mm. Right? What the, break down aquilinity. What does that mean? So aquilinity, uh, the root word of aquilinity is aquiline. Okay. And aquiline means the characteristics of an eagle. Mm. So you figure feline is the characteristics of a cat. Canine, the characteristics of a dog. Mm. Aquiline are the characteristics of an eagle. That's dope. And That's so dope. aquilinity, of course, is a word that has a root of aquiline. And so anyways... I created this 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 first company called Aquilinity, <laughs> and I was excited, man. I'm like, bro, I'm about to explode. <laughs> and so I built Aquilinity, which was a a professional motivational speaking business. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. One. And yeah. so, yeah, this this business was the, the the vision behind it was to become this superstar motivational speaker, Zig Ziglar, Tom Hopkins. Again, I spent all yeah. my time in self help books, reading in the uh, in Barnes and Nobles and Borders at the time. And so I was very familiar with this, with these, with these speakers who spoke from the perspective of right mental strength and change, and and so I wanted to be that. And I'm like, you know what? I can do that. And so I created this company, Aquilinity, and and I, in my mind, I'm like, dude, the minute I start this business, the phone is gonna start ringing off the hook. <laughs> And I didn't get a call for six months. <laughs> Matter of fact, they haven't called me to this day. <laughs> no, let me That's stop. Good. So that was the first business, man. And obviously, it didn't, it did not succeed. I didn't make money, and it was difficult at times, and it was discouraging at times. But again, mindset, and I had to remember this is not going to happen overnight. Mm -hmm. If it happens overnight, perhaps it's not worth it. Yeah, yeah. Let That's me so earn true. this bad boy. That's so true. And so I, 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 I tossed my hat in the ring again. And the second time around was a business that I established that was geared around venture capital. All right. So I was working, you know, long story short, uh, uh, I was working at a company that was a consulting company that focused on raising money for emerging growth businesses. And as I began to understand the business, I was also promoted numerous times within that company to the point 
that I was now overseeing the largest division within that company, and I was driving about 80% of the profits for that business. And this business was about a $30 million business, top-line revenue. And I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. Hmm. Get your wheels I, turning. My wheels are turning, right? And I'm beginning to understand that there's so much need out there for businesses who need guidance around building and structuring and figuring out how to raise money, how to pivot and position our products. These are things that I was consulting them on to help them raise money successfully. Then the economic downturn hit of 2008. Um, I had to lay off about 75% of my staff. And here I am at about 27, maybe 28, maybe 20, 27, 28. Um, and I had to lay off you know, 75% of my staff. My income went for like a buck 20, 120 grand a year or so. It went down to about $25,000. Wow, big hit. Big it was hit. a massive yeah. hit. Yeah, huge. Um, and so at this point, I'm like, you know what? I've lost so much already. I might as well jump the ship and see what I can create. I also began to understand that if I can create a successful business in the middle of a depression, then how well is that business going to do when the depression is over? That's good. Mindset again. No right? Thing. The Empire State Building was built in the rock middle of the greatest depression the U.S. history has ever seen. Wow. Wow. And this now is a staple in New York. Yeah. And so to accelerate the story, I grabbed that same mindset. Let me build a brand in the middle of this recession when everybody is running, when everybody is afraid, when everyone is chaotic, right? I mean, you looked at CNBC and it was negative news all day long, right? Everything was going to hell in a, in a handbasket, as they say, right? I'm like, you know what? I'm a jump ship. <laughs> Crazy. People are trying to find security. <laughs> They're trying to find a job because they just got laid off and fired. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to leave my job. And I'm going to start my business. Wow. And I started That's the bold. business. And that was Aqualine Group, which was, again, a venture capital firm. And, man, listen, at first it was rough. Uh, for about two or three months, it got to the point that I was eating one can of tuna per oh. day. That was literally my meal for the day. Wow. Wow. It was a can of tuna. And sometimes I had to share that very can with my business partner. <laughs> <laughs> so imagine that. The come up is real. Right? Yeah. But see, it, was, it was difficult. Yeah. But... Again, learning the experience, the mindset, as you say, business started picking up. And I found a staple company. And I sold and pitched the company and giving me a shot and watch what I can do for them. And I then reduced my pricing, if you would, significantly to where I was basically giving my business to them almost free. Wow. But I was so good at what I did, I was convinced that if I did this the way I thought I could, that other companies would begin to see what we're capable of doing. And literally, that's what happened. I had this one staple business. So for those entrepreneurs out there who are trying to build a company, you don't have to go after the 100 different clients. That's good. That's good. Go after the one client and improve your services. And they'll become your raving fan. Yeah, yeah. And that would cause your revenues and your business to accelerate. And that's what happened. And then press releases started coming out about me right. and my business. And every and next thing you know, within 12 months, we literally had a million-plus-dollar business. In the recession, in the middle of the During recession. During the recession, a million-plus-dollar business. Now, what do you think was that key to your success in those times? Like, what would you attribute that success to? 
was it your team? Was it, you know, faith? Like what was, what do you think made you, what was your differentiator? Like what made you different that in the middle of a recession, you were able to come out on top and build a multi-million dollar business? Yeah. Another great question. A um, couple things. One, I'm always going to go back to grace, right? Grace, the grace of God is always what I'm going to give credit to. Then there is this thing that sometimes we cannot necessarily control, which is timing. The timing was right. Mm, that's good. Okay. The timing, the, the, the businesses were figuring out how to survive. If you remember this time, you had, you know, uh, Lehman Brothers going out of business. You had, you know, all the major banks, Bank of America, Chase, everybody was just like, everything is disappearing. Fannie Mae was disappearing. Everything was chaotic. Imagine medium and small size businesses. Yeah, they were like, this, this is the end mm -hmm. of us as well. And so they were motivated to find somebody who was uh, a strategic enough and effective enough to help them raise money. Right. So the timing was right. And then I would also uh, state that my work ethic was unmatched. Mm, mm. You can't be afraid of getting your hands dirty. Yeah, so true. You're not going to outwork me. There's yeah. no, there's no way that you're gonna outwork me. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Right. And one of the things that I always say is that I'm continuously, I almost have anxiety. If I'm in first place, I'm even more anxious. Wow, that's good. Let's elaborate on that. That's good. For real. It was yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. It, like I remember that as I was on the come up, and literally, check this out. Uh, for the nine or ten year run that that business was in existence, ninety nine percent of our business was referral based. Wow, word of mouth. Because they just started coming to me because the bit, so long as you're doing good work, right, the business will come. But I remember that as I was on the come up and we're doing great things, that I was always anxious. Like I, I, I was always thinking and wondering, I know there's other people out there who see what I'm doing and they're going to try to take the market share that I'm after. So I'm not going to rest. And that's kind of the mindset that you need to have when you're building your life, when you're focusing on your own life. Like, you need to be the CEO of You Inc. Mm, that's good. Now, let's stop there real quick. I got this question asked today, and I feel like it's so important, <laughs> right? And you're, you're, you're elaborating. You're about to go into it. So you said the CEO of your life. Now, one of the questions that I got today, and I felt like I was like, perfect, because I'm doing this podcast today. I'll get it with the right person to get this answered, too. But the question that they asked me was, how do you stay motivated, right? So you just talked about a nine, 10-year run. You know, you, nine, you know, referral base. You know, you were out there. You were on the come up. Like, what kept you? And you talked about even being in first place and still going. Like, how do you – I feel like a lot of people, they, they lack motivation, or not even motivation, but – to stay motivated. Yeah. So how do you stay motivated? Like, what is that to you? Like, how do you stay motivated? How do you get motivated and stay motivated? Because I think that's the hardest thing. Like, it's easy to get motivated. You go to a Sunday service or you turn on um, <laughs> Tony Robbins or, yeah, or yeah. you know, Les Brown and you get motivated. Ten minutes later, that's gone. So how do you stay motivated? Man, that's, that's another fantastic question. And, and the way I would answer that is this. I think that everybody has their own levers. All like right. you have your own levers that you have to pull on when you feel that you are getting demotivated, right? There's a quote that I heard a long time ago, which I love. And it says, one man has enthusiasm for 30 minutes. 
another one for 30 days, but it is the man that has enthusiasm for 30 years mm. that makes a success out of his life. That's awesome. That's dope. That's consistency. Yeah. Right? You have to stay motivated. And so I think everybody has their different things that motivate them. So number one, you have to be self-aware. And you have to know what is it about you that causes you to feel a certain kind of way regarding what you need to do. You have to take time and be self-aware, whether it's journaling every day and reflecting on what happened throughout the day and how you felt, right? Journaling on thoughts that may have come to mind. But you need to be self-aware so that you understand you better. We go through life, going back to this whole identity crisis, we go through life trying to impress other people not recognizing that we're becoming imprisoned by their opinions. Wow, wow. And we never then learn who we are. That's good. And we That's don't good. learn and understand exactly why we are. So know yourself. Become self-aware, and you'll then become and have the information that you need to stay motivated. For me personally, one of my motivations is pain. Mm. Right? Even when it comes to business and you're closing deals and you're closing a sale, if you're negotiating, here's a, here's a free tip for the audience. All right, all right. Drop here's the gym. Free, Drop the gym. Here's a free tip for the audience. If you want to get somebody to move off of the status quo, meaning this is what is expected in the industry, and you're trying to sell them your product to get them to move off of the status quo, whatever you frame to them, you have to frame as a loss. Mm. Meaning if I'm presenting to you something... I got to, because you're in a good position, I need to frame what the risk is and what the exposure is if you don't move forward with my product. Mm. All right. A lot of times we'll go pick somebody and tell them, listen, if you go with my product, you're going to make X much more money or you'll become X much more effective. I'll help you close more customers. I'll help you do more this, more that, more this, more that. That is framing in a positive sense. You're framing your conversation in a positive sense. If you want to move that person off of their comfort and move that person off of their position of status quo, then frame what you're selling in a negative way. That's if true. you don't move forward with my product, the exposure mm. that you're going to have is X, Y, Z, and the risk becomes A, B, C. Right? That's good. And now I'm framing it in a negative way, and they begin to conceptualize the pain and therefore move. And so with myself, I continuously am framing things to make sure that I never get comfortable, even though I may be on top. I need to look at things to challenge myself and know the anxiety piece. Listen, I can relinquish this. I'm on top right now, but there's people gunning for me. Yeah, yeah. And if I go good. to sleep, if I rest, if I don't push hard, someone else can take what I have and therefore my family would be in jeopardy. Mm, that's good. That's dope. And Super that helps dope. me become motivated. That's good. That's good. Man, that was great. And I and I, I love everything that you, you had, you, you said there. And I think that the listeners could really pick up from something like that too. So you guys heard it, man. It, it's it's a marathon. I definitely say it's a marathon. Um, it takes time. Now let's shift again, right? We're gonna we're gonna keep shifting. <laughs> and um, you know, just because you have so much, you have so much uh, intelligence, so much gems that you could drop on my audience. So I wanna just kind of go all over the place real quick. So I feel like people don't 
understand how much the Bible and things are practical, sure. right? So, like, you know, when you talk about a spiritual sense, this is something for me personally for my listeners. I've been diving in for the last two years and, you know, just kind of seeing how many things biblically yeah. are practical in a normal setting and not even that, but just from a business perspective. And I want to share with the audience a story that you've told me one time about the streams of income and how like in the Bible, there's a representation and, and it was just kind of like the way that you interpreted this scenario. Sure. sure. Do you know what story I'm telling yeah, talking yeah, about? Yeah. Yeah. I do. Yeah, yeah, can we, <laughs> I, I see it in your eyes. Yeah, I see it in your eyes. Yeah. Like, you know, this I, story. Think, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Can yeah. we elaborate and, and tell the listeners this story? Cause I just, I just think it's so interesting and then especially how you can relate it and it's practical. So if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. So so a bit of context for those who are listening. Uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer. You've probably picked that up by now and mm. how much I give reference to God, right? I'm a big believer, but I'm also a grinder. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, unfortunately, so what I've seen just generally in, in, in Christendom is that sometimes you might have a lot of faith but there's no activity. Yeah, that's good. And the Bible specifically says faith without works is dead. Mm -hmm. So there has to be a combination of work that matches your faith. That's and good. sometimes we get that twisted and all we do is have the faith and not the works. And so again, going back to this context piece, like you said, there are so many treasures in the Bible that speak to success and strategy. In fact, I would go on the record and say, that I believe the greatest success book ever written has been the Bible. Mm, mm. If you take the time to read it and dive into it, you'll begin to understand the level of depth that exists within it and would give you structures and frameworks to literally drive your life, to drive relationships, to drive business. It is all in there. It is not a surprise yeah. that it is the book that has been replicated and duplicated far beyond any other book in history Yeah, that should a, say something. Yeah, that's awesome. But going to your question specifically, and I'll wrap this up quickly, is what you're referring to, and keep me honest, is Adam and Eve. Correct. And so in Adam and Eve, uh, everyone is very familiar with the story where they were in the Garden of Eden. Yep. And the Garden of Eden was set up perfectly for them. There were no issues until they ate from the forbidden tree. Correct. Right? Or forbidden fruit. But before all that, the Bible speaks to everything was perfectly fine. And so what you're referencing is a revelation that I received, which is the fact that in this place that was perfect, and it was a perfect order, there were four streams yeah, yep. that went through that land, four streams of water. Those four streams empowered all the nutrients and growth that that land saw, right? Yeah, that's good. And so then the revelation is that just as there were four streams in that time, that we as individuals should have four streams of income. Yeah, yeah. Feeding our world. Yeah. Because those four streams would help us produce, right? And now we're no longer dependent on just one. There is a reason. There is, I, I, I do not believe in coincidences. There is a reason why there were four streams going through. And so I believe that it, just one of the many revelations, one of the many treasures that we can unpack from that piece of, of story or that narrative is, listen, we should have four streams in our lives. We should have four streams of income, right? We, we, we should be able to go ahead and leverage that to build out and produce 
what we have to produce to ensure our family is okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah if I agree. you were, if I you, the, I, I, again, I go back to my, my, uh, my peers, friends, family, those who are locked into one stream, their desperation is so clearly seen because that job is everything to them. Yeah. And if they were to lose that job, they, they may be already living paycheck to paycheck. I'm about to say something that might rub some people the wrong way, but if you have a job, that means that you have a job and you're just over broke. Oh, you know that's I mean? good. I like that. You know I like saying? that. Like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like, so true. Like, Especially in today's time and age, man. There's a lot going on, dude. And there's a lot of money to be made and things to produce out there. Totally. Yeah. And, and and let me get this. Like, let me get the, the the record clear. I do believe you can be a millionaire working for somebody else. Yeah. I have a tremendous opportunity. I'm the chief strategy officer working with one of the most successful business people in Orlando, right? And have a fantastic relationship. And I believe that business, that is going to allow me and enable me to create an additional source of revenue in the millions, right? But my point is that we should have multiple streams of income because those things are going to enable us to make decisions. I'm more effective at Fate Social as a chief strategy officer because I'm not fully dependent on just, just that income. Yeah, yeah, it's so true. I, my creativity flows. Yeah. I grind harder because of it, right? Because I'm not so desperate to the point that if something happens that is somewhat unbalanced or what have you, that my mind can't even function in a creative fashion. Yeah, yeah. Now, I love it. I love that story because that's one of the first stories that you told me. And it was like just one of these one-on-one conversations that we had. But it, it, it got me locked in, right? It got me yeah, wanting to yeah. understand more because I think especially for my audience, it's like we look at the Bible as this like almost fairy tale book sometimes and it's like yeah. okay this is it was written so many you're right. yeah you know so many so many years ago this was written and and, and it's not practical in today's day and right. age but what i'm seeing is through our story through our conversation like there's so much practicality yeah. in it now and, yeah. and and so much that we could relate to so i just wanted to elaborate on that story but i think we could wrap it up man but before we wrap it up i just want mm-hmm. you to drop one more gem on the people one last advice if you had to give the new rich community the new rich culture one last advice for my listeners on you know life whether it's life business what last thing would you tell them wow man there's so much that can be said i appreciate the question um i'd say this and i keep going back to this probably two or three times during our conversation be authentically you yeah that's good the world has plenty of duplicate copies yeah there's a lot of carbon copies out there there's echoes one person just echoing what someone else is thinking or saying. Ooh, that's good. That's so true. Be a unique voice. Yeah. Do you. And sometimes that is difficult, and you might find yourself where nobody or you feel that no one can relate to you. And I felt that way for many years because I was very successful in business, but I'm in business meetings, and I can't really speak about God because they didn't necessarily understand that. Yeah. It wasn't welcomed in the environment. Then I become a pastor as of two years ago, and now I want to talk about pastoring, right? But as I'm meeting with other Christian leaders, they can't necessarily relate and understand what I'm saying when it comes to the depth of business, building multi-million dollar businesses. That's super unique. And it's not, I'm not taking anything away from anybody, 
but I again, it's one of those areas that I had to figure out. You know, do, when I'm around pastors and Christians, do I speak one way and then not do so when I'm in the business realm? That's good, yeah. But so many doors began to open the minute I just became authentically myself. Yeah, it's power in being you, for sure. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, just yeah, just so be power unique. Be you, yeah. Your story is valuable. Whatever your story may be, whether it was homelessness, whether it was that you you know, were hooked on uh, and addicted to drugs, addicted to porn, it doesn't matter what it was, but you, your story in of itself has value and power. Let that be your motivation. Be unique. Be authentically you. Don't be somebody else. Nice. Right, we, we there's seven billion people on this <laughs> yeah, planet. It's so true. Not two of us have the same fingerprint. Yeah. So obviously, the God that you serve is a very creative God. So be creative, right? Don't put him in a box. Don't put yourself in a box, and go do what you got to do. Nice. I love it, man. Dial Puri, thank you for taking this time. You're super busy. It took me some time to track you down. You're on planes. <laughs> man, you're it's my on. Pleasure, man. No, man, you're on everything. So I really thank you for uh, taking this time with me. One, do you have any shout outs? Do you have what? What are we looking forward from the Dial Puri team? Oh, I appreciate you know, it, man. Listen, what? if you, I pre thank you so much for even reminding me, man. I'm terrible with that. I would say a couple of things. Listen, if you're if you're in the Orlando area, all right, I would love, love, love to meet you. Come check me out. Acceleration Church is our ministry. It's a unique ministry. We're all about progressive. We want to push you forward. Our motto is that we'll take you further, faster. So come check us out. We're here in Orlando. Uh, connect with us online. Connect with us on social media. Also, be on the lookout for FaithSocial.com. It's going to be huge. FaithSocial.com. I'm telling you, y'all, it is going to be massive. It is going to be a legitimate disruptor, even to the entire Christian space, if you would. Uh, I'm looking for big, big, big things there. So check that out. And then, of course, man, uh, you know, if you ever see me out there, we run into each other. Let me know that you saw and heard this podcast, man. And, and I just want to give you a big hug, embrace you, and let you know how much I appreciate you for supporting my man, Ryan Plaza. Thank you. And, and shout out your Instagram and your Facebook for me. Where can yeah, they find sure. you at? So uh, you can find me on LinkedIn under Dio Pori. You can find me on Facebook under Dio Pori. I'm on Instagram, uh, Dio Pori as well. Spell it out for us real quick. So D-I-O, my first name, D-I-O, Dio. And the last name is Pori, P as in Peter, O-U-E-R-I-E, P-O-U-E-R-I-E. Come follow me. Check me out. And, of course, follow, follow me on Faith Social. And, uh, man, let's let's get to the top. Hey, let's get to the top. It's the New Rich Podcast. Thank you, everybody, for listening once again to Dio Pori. Thank you for your time. We are checking out. Appreciate you guys. We'll catch up on the next episode. All right, peace. New Rich!